What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bear, as always, owner of Bear Performance Nutrition. And uh, today we are two weeks out from the Ironman. It's crazy to say that. It's crazy how fast this time has gone. Been training for almost six months now. From the time I decided I was going to do the Ironman to the day the Ironman is, November 2nd, it's right around six months of training, which a lot of people will say that is not enough time. But, you know, we, time will tell. Two weeks will tell if it was enough time of training. But I feel good. Like, I am in the best shape of my life right now. Two days ago, I did 26 miles, broken into two runs. So I did 13 miles in the morning, 13 miles in the evening. Um, today was a 80-minute brick workout. So 80-minute bike ride and 15-minute run. So I guess together it was like 95 minutes total. And then tomorrow is a swim. And going into this week, Monday, starting Monday, it's like a taper. So training intensity and volume decreases. Um, and then in my last YouTube video, I talked about the nutrition plan for race day and like how I'm increasing carbs by about 30%, about five days leading up to the race, a little bit of carb load um, to top off glycogen stores and the liver and the muscles, but it's getting close. Two weeks, 14 days until I complete the 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and 26.2 mile run. And I'll tell you, I know it's gonna hurt. I know it's gonna suck. There's gonna be a point where my body fucking hurts. I've been there before. And this is the reason I, I do this kind of stuff for one, but another reason of why I recommend anyone Sign up for something. Sign up for a marathon. Sign up for a half Ironman. Sign up for a full Ironman. Do something that pushes your body to its limits. Like reach that 100% and then some. Like if, if you've never had your body hit a point where it just doesn't want to go anymore, like in a marathon, maybe you hit mile 18, 19, you hit that breaking point, you hit that wall. Well, it's all mental after that. You get to flip the switch and drive through that pain, that suck, in order to finish it. And if you've never experienced something like that, I highly recommend it because it will test you. And it will it will like rewire the way you think about things and you approach different things in your life, which is kind of the topic of um, today's podcast. And I want to talk about something that was going on in my mind on the 80-minute cycle today. 80 minute bike ride and that is paralysis by analysis and I talk about this in my book a lot there's a chapter on it but I believe wholeheartedly 100% that this is a massive reason if not the ultimate contribution from the beginning birth of BPN of why I've become successful at the things I do so I'm gonna give you some backstory now before we get in into it like paralysis by analysis what is that that's the act of someone that over analyzes something so much and just thinks about what could go right what could go wrong the the weaknesses the strengths the outcomes the consequences they just think about that so much and it gets in their head that they never make a move they never actually take action they're paralyzed by that over analyzing situation now mitigating risk is essential you know, you, you have to mitigate risk before you make a decision, but some people never get out of that overanalyzing part. They're just, they're stuck there constantly in every part of their life, 
every aspect of their life. They never take any action because they're constantly just overanalyzing shit. Drives me insane. Now, let me take you back to high school to explain when I first, like, I don't want to say first realized this, but it was the first time I can I can look back in retrospect that it was like my competitive advantage. This is one of my competitive advantages in life and business and everything that sets me apart. Now, in high school, nothing made me stand out from everyone else, like my peers. I was athletic, but I wasn't a stud in sports. Um, I was smart, but I wasn't like super smart. I wasn't valedictorian. Uh, I didn't like, I wasn't number one in the class. I didn't stand out. I kind of just had like a solid group of friends in high school. And I was, I was average. That's the best way to say it. Now I loved sports growing up. Uh, I, I wanted to play college baseball. I wanted to be in the pros and multiple things, but I, like, as much as I worked, I just never, I never was good enough to be like the best in sports. And in school, like I would work my ass off. I would study. Um, I took the SATs. My SAT scores weren't good enough. I went to some like three day a week, three hour course outside of school to improve my SAT scores. And they improved, but still not good enough to get into colleges that I wanted to go to. So like college, I wanted to go to all these different, different places. I wanted to go to College of Charleston in South Carolina. I wanted to go to South Carolina University. I wanted to go to Penn State. Um, I wanted to go like down south. I wanted to get, I wanted to go to a bigger school, but I didn't get into any of them, at least for the fall semester. So I ended up going to the Indiana University of Pennsylvania, which is in Western Pennsylvania. And it is, and has no affiliation with Indiana University. Everyone always asks me that. Like, I'm like, oh, I go to Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Oh, Indiana University. No, it's like, it's its own school. It's in the town of Indiana, Pennsylvania. And it's, there's a massive com communication issue there, but it's its own school. It's a smaller school. And uh, that's where I went to college because I couldn't get into the ones that I, I wanted initially. So that's like where I was in high school. It's an average dude, right? And they were kids that I was going to school with that were so much smarter than me, that were so much more talented than me in sports. And I, I always remember thinking like, man, I wish I was those guys. I wish I was that smart. I wish I was that athletic. I wish I was that stud that like they were doing newspaper articles on me about. And I wish I was getting like these offers to these great colleges and like, I had this massive future in front of me. And I thought for the rest of my life, I'm just gonna be this average dude that just like lived his average life because when I was 16, 17 years old, I didn't stand out. That was going through my mind. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. You know, like when you're younger like that, it feels like if you're not on the top then, you're never gonna be on top. And as we started, you know, moving up to our senior year of, of high school and then going to college, and I kept track of these people on social media or when I'd be back in town, you know, and, and after college, I. Um, I went into the military and I went to Georgia and ended up in Texas. And I started doing all these things. I started taking action on all these things. And when I would go back home and reconnect with people that I haven't seen for years from high school, and when they were in, when I was in high school and they were in high school, they were studs. These were like the valedictorians. These were the top five in the class. These were the studs in sports. And guess what most of them were doing? 
Not a whole lot. Now, I'm not saying that's like stereotypical, but this is like, this is the story of my life. And I realized these things. And what I realized was some of these people were so smart. They were so gifted. They were so talented that these things were natural to them in high school. They didn't necessarily have to work a whole shit ton to, to throw a 90 mile per hour fastball or to get straight A's or to get like a bomb ass score on the SATs and ACTs and get their number one college pick. You know, these people were just naturally gifted at a lot of these things. And when it became time to actually making these massive decisions in their life, well, they didn't because they constantly were overanalyzing. It was, well, what's the better situation? You know, I have this, I have this, this job that is guaranteed that makes X, or I can go out and try to do this thing on my own that makes X times 10. You know, it's this life of comfort and guarantee rather than this life of uncomfort and risk. And what I realized is a lot of the people that were naturally gifted growing up overanalyzed these, these situations, these positions they could be in, and kind of retreated back to decisions of comfort and ease and guarantee. And that's where like I really differed. And I, I can't tell you why. I really can't tell you why. But this happened from a really early age where I didn't overanalyze things. And maybe it's ignorance. Honestly, that's the best, best way to put it. Maybe I was just ignorant to the fact that uh, all these massive risks and consequences existed early on. But I remember starting BPN. You know, when I started BPN, I was, what, 22 years old? Something like that. I was a junior in, in college, and I took out this $20,000 loan and went all in, spent all my time building this business, building this brand, dumping all my money into it, all my time, all my resources. And when I look back, like there was never a time where I overanalyzed the situation. Yeah, when there were times to make decisions and mitigate risk of, you know, will this decision ultimately lose me money? Will this decision ultimately have negative consequences on the business and myself? Will this decision hurt other people? Yeah, I mitigated risk that way. But whenever there was a time for me to make a decision that would push me forward and, and like, propel me into that next spot, I would never hesitate to make it. You know, I, was, I was always quick. I went overanalyze. And from an early age, like I remember doing that. Like I would, I would never sit there and like, I, I imagine like someone who overanalyzes things and Typically, it's like it's people that are really, really smart. I'm telling you, they have trouble making decisions. They don't take action. And I imagine these people given like this amazing opportunity and they go home that night and they're distressed. They're stressed over the fact that they have this, this opportunity, but they have to make a decision. So they make like this massive chart in front of them. They go to Walmart, they buy a poster board. They spend like hours researching and making this chart consequences negatives, and then positives. And then overanalyzing, overanalyzing. Well, this could go wrong. Well, that could go wrong. Well, this could go wrong. Well, I could lose this. And after overanalyzing so much, there's never action taken. They retreat, go backwards to that place of comfort. And that's something I never did. That's why I'm sitting here right now. That's why I'm doing this podcast in, 
in a 10,000 square foot warehouse where BPN lives, where I've built this brand over the past seven years to a multiple seven figure brand because I've mitigated risk along the way, but I've never been afraid to make a decision based off overanalyzing things. I've never been paralyzed by that. That's my entire life. I've applied that to everything in my life, whether that is business, whether that is stuff I do on social media, whether that is things I do in fitness, and whether that's things I do in my personal development. Like, a lot of the things I do are vertically aligned. Like, a lot when I say that, vertically aligned, meaning things I do in personal development also add to the stuff we do on social media that ultimately helps build the brand and the business, and they all work together. Like, I never make a decision that doesn't affect one another. If I make a decision in my personal growth and development part of my life, that is going to have either consequences, strengths, weaknesses, wins, losses to the business, which is funneled through social media. Like everything I do, which is amazing, it's awesome to have that opportunity, is vertically aligned that they work together. I think like one of the best ways to describe it is like when I decided to do this Ironman, I, I literally said, I'm just going to fucking do it. I had no clue. I've talked about this. I, have no, I had no clue what an Ironman was. I, I knew it was a triathlon. I, I barely knew what a triathlon was. I didn't know the distances. I knew it was an ultra-endurance event. I knew it was pretty prestigious and that it was going to hurt. I knew that. But when I signed up for it, I said, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to figure it out. Like when I want to grow BPN, which is every single day, I'm constantly looking for opportunities where I can, I can make moves for us that are often going to be very overwhelming initially. Like I want to, I want to take these massive steps that initially when we move there and we get there, it's overwhelming initially. But once we're there, we're established, we build a plan and we execute, we take action. Well, we destroy that plan and we move on to the next one. Like I look at myself just two years ago, like two and a half years ago, moving into our first warehouse and where I was there then, like we were a smaller, smaller business, but every day I took these massive, massive action on the things that I want to do and accomplish because I was never overanalyzing all these things. That's what holds so many people back in their life. Like think about it. Think about you personally or someone you know that has all the potential in the world, that was born naturally smart, that was born naturally gifted in, in fitness and being a stud in sports and, and good with finances and kind and genuine and passionate. They have all the skills and characteristics required to have, have like a successful life. But they're still living just like this this average life and and they're unhappy with it. But like why? It's because a lot of the times they're overanalyzing every opportunity that's gonna move them to the next step. And when they overanalyze everything, they're just paralyzed by it. And they don't take any action. They don't make any steps. They they don't make like any leeway to, to put themselves in a position of, of success. And if you're listening to this podcast and that is you, 
you got to make the change today. Like you, you literally have to flip a switch. We talk about flipping the switch and breaking the switch, right? Talked about this with Dakota Meyer a few uh, a few months ago. A lot of people are wired one way. Maybe you're wired like me. Maybe you're wired where you don't overanalyze shit and you just take massive action every single day on things and it's moving you forward. Well, then great. But then maybe you're wired another way where you're the person that is always afraid to fail, always afraid to be fucking up. You know, you're always afraid of, of the consequences of your decisions. And because of that, you never end up making a decision at all. You just stay exactly where you are. You know, maybe that's you or maybe that's someone you know and you can help them with this. They overanalyze so many things they never take action at all. Well, that's the opportunity for you to flip a switch. Like flipping the switch. Imagine your, your switch is in a position in your mind where you overanalyze everything and you're paralyzed by it and you don't make any decisions at all. You don't take any action. There's no execution in your life. None. Your, your mind is just this place that constantly just like is analyzing processes and opportunities, but it, it doesn't even know how to execute. That's where your mind is. That's where your switch is at. Well, you flip the switch consciously to the point where you have to make decisions. You have to take action. You mitigate risk where you can, but you take action when necessary and you figure it out from there. You're not constantly holding back. You're not constantly waiting for the perfect time, the perfect moment, the, the, the next job, the next pay raise. You're taking action on your own. And you flip that switch, like in your mind consciously, you got to break it with a hammer so you can never turn it off. And then from that moment on, you do things that are going to move you into the next direction. It's like give, like, give me an example you're probably asking. Like, clear example, maybe... Like when I signed up for my Ironman, it motivated people, you know, it motivated people to, to push past things that they were afraid of, like push past their mental and physical barriers that place on themselves. And I had so many people DMing me saying, man, I wish one day I could do an Ironman. I wish one day I could run a marathon. Well, you can. What's holding you back? Like go find one online that's close to you. Maybe it's like six months out. Sign up for it. Pay like your $150 fee or whatever it is, and then establish a training plan to get there. That's all you got to do. Or maybe it's like, maybe it's not fitness related. Maybe it's a business you want to start, or maybe it's a YouTube channel you want to start. I know a lot of people are afraid of starting like YouTube channels because you got to put yourself out there. Well, go online, buy the equipment you need, which doesn't have to be much. And then as soon as it comes in, Gives yourself like 24 hours to film your first video and another 24 hours to edit it, upload it, and then commit and be consistent. Two to three videos a week if you have time. Just start. That's all you got to do. Just start. Just take action. Take massive execution. That's what holds so many people back. I think like a really clear example is in the military, like as an officer, Something that kind of intimidated me when I first arrived in my unit was the fact that I was a brand new second lieutenant in the infantry. No experience, zero experience, straight from college to the infantry officer basic course, to ranger school, to airborne school, to my platoon. That's intimidating. 
because you were expected to be the leader of about 40 guys in an infantry platoon, which some of them have 10 plus years. And like your, my platoon sergeant had like 18 years experience in the army with combat deployments at that time. I was like, shit, you know, in your back of your mind, like I- I'm, I'm leading these guys with no experience. And these guys have been in here forever. And you're expected to make these decisions like this quick. So say for example, like you're in a live fire or you're a training environment and plan a goes to shit. It goes out the window and you have to act fast. You have to act quick. You have to shoot and then move. Well, as the, as the platoon leader, I'm expected to make decisions quick and concise, but mitigate risk as I'm going. So how would I fail? If I was sitting there and my commander gave me a, a, an order and I have my notepad out there saying, okay, I'm going to write, draw a line down the middle on the left. Here's the consequences on the right. Here's the pros. Okay. I'm going to, you know, mitigate all of this. I'm going to boom, you're dead. You know, you have to mitigate risk as you're going. You constantly mitigate this risk and you analyze to make decisions. It's a, it's a smart, effective, efficient way of, of decision-making. There is a decision-making process, but it always ends with taking action and execution and putting that plan into place. And that's where most people fail. I'm telling you right now, like most people fail because they go through the entire decision-making process. Man, they, they plan and they analyze and they, they see what their pros and cons are and they have a backup plan and they're set. They're ready to go. But they forget to take action. They forget to take that execution. They forget to put it into place. So they're back to where they constantly are. Stagnant and constant, not moving anywhere. So I think the one thing that holds a lot of people back that never held me back is that I've never overanalyzed things. When I say overanalyze, that's the emphasis. Yes, analyze. Overanalyze without execution or action is where you fail and you don't go anywhere. So if there's something you want to do, whether that's you want to do a marathon or you want to do an Ironman or you want to triathlon or you want to start a business or you want to get promoted in your job or you want to help someone or help a group of people, you can make all the plans you want. But if you don't take action and take execution, you're not going anywhere. And that's what I wanted to get across because it's super important and it has changed my life and having that skill, that trait, and that characteristic for the past 10 plus years is the reason I'm right here right now. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please feel free to leave a review. Like I said, it always helps us grow, gives us better exposure, and reach a larger audience. So I will see you guys in the next episode.